Hello, 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 and welcome to this topical life. Today, I do have so much to say. What is the topic? What is the title? It is high fidelity living. And if you're familiar with what happened in the middle of season three, which this is season three, is we talked a lot about lo-fi living. And that was an episode where we kind of decided that, you know, we're going to walk into this season in the middle of the season and kind of just take a, a breather and look at our life in a very pixelated view, meaning what is what has happened? Where are we headed? What is the big picture? Okay. Now, now I kind of want to take a look in more of a hi-fi type mentality. And if we're talking about audio, that basically just means high clarity, uh, the best audio you can get. Well, I want to talk about the best life we can get. And so two things. This is actually the season finale of season three. Yes, you heard me correctly. I know I didn't make a big announcement about it, but it is the last episode of season three. This is why. The reason why is because over the past month and a half, I have had plenty of time to think about an episode, to think about what it is that I want to speak from my heart and what it is around us that maybe I can bring out of you into what you might be thinking about. And with all that's happened around us uh, in different events and situations, I do want to get more into detail about that and how we feel about that. But I think it's time to define what it is about what we want in hi-fi living and then take a break and take a break for whether it's the summer or maybe mid-fall. I don't know. I know I mentioned that I wanted to talk about opioid addiction and that is definitely on the radar for sure. But I just had a hard time sorting out my thoughts, sorting out what was going on in my heart and what is going on in my heart. And so some of this might sound kind of, I don't know, distorted in some ways, but, um, and for the fact it actually, actually might sound distorted because I do am getting on, getting over COVID for the second time. Well, actually I never did test positive, but I've had all the symptoms and Tobin and Ruthie are getting over it as we speak. So here we are, um, trying to bring clarity to a distorted feeling more or less and define what it is where we're headed and what has been up to this point. I've had lots of words come to my mind, but none of them really sunk in enough to make an episode about it until now. And really that word once again comes down to hope. Oh, that word has been good and bad and all sorts of things. But ironic, because that is what this podcast is about, bringing hope in people's lives through stories, topics to help the redemptive process of getting through something hard and seeing the good that can come out of it. And what does that mean for now when we are in the heart or when we are living in hope, but we don't feel it at all? And how can we get through this? And how, what is our place in all of this? So before we get into that, I wanted to mention how Rachel's doing. Rachel is officially uh, moved into Texas. And I did want to do an episode with her. I think you saw on um, maybe on the Instagram that 
Um, we did want to get an episode, but man, with her tying up loose ends and me starting the summer and all that, ha- what has to offer <clears throat> baseball, if you know baseball, you know baseball. It just got crazy. So we were so sad. We just left it at that and knew that we were going to touch base when she moved to Texas and we have touched base and it's been difficult for her. It's been, um, it's still adjusting. It's still working out the emotions in which she's having to deal with and trying to stay positive. But I've just been encouraging her to just feel all the feels and know that I'm here and, um, be honest and don't try to hide what you feel because it just honestly, I mean, if you know, it just kind of makes it worse in my opinion, but But at the same time, we're all trying to just get through it, right? So it's this mix of having to rise up to the occasion and also face what it is you're feeling and all of that. So anyway, we are in contact and she will be back, but she is definitely in the season of settling in. And so it ain't over for her. It ain't over for me. But for now, we're just going to leave it as it is. So season three finale here we go so um please forgive me if this is a little bit i don't know what's the word confusing i don't know but i have so much to say i mean if you think about it what has happened in the past month and a half a lot um abortion issues definitely came up to the surface women's rights more stuff on gun stuff all these things i mean let me look at my notes here because i wrote a few things down oh some of this stuff is like um, oh yeah, another shooting that happened on the 4th of July, gun stuff. I mean, really just a lot, a lot to take in. And it just seems like it's coming and coming and coming. And there's really no, there's really no, uh, end in sight as far as it just seems like one tragedy after the other. And, and I've talked about in the past, like the stress cycle, it's like, I don't think that anyone who's experiencing or taking on the empathetic feelings of what is going on can actually complete the stress cycle of what you're what you're feeling. And so that's kind of where I feel like I've had to sit down and be like, okay, I can't living, I can't live with one beat down after the other, one tragic moment after the other. One what I mean, you talk to somebody, like I've talked to a few people talking about uh the shooting in Uvalde and they're just like, I have not looked at anything. I mean, I'm still processing what happened in this thing, or I can't take on another feeling or this kind of thing. And I get that. I totally get that. It's like self-preservation of just like, well, I'm here, I'm existing, I'm raising a family, I'm living my life, I have this job. Do I live in a shell, a turtle shell, or do I live where you're fighting for your rights, you're fighting for what's right, you don't sit back and let everything happen. And all of those things. We've, it's probably all crossed our minds in one way or another. And so it definitely has with mine. And some things that have come up personally, just in, in trying to process how I feel about life right now and just the thoughts that enter my head. Um, I'll share a couple of those with you. One is, is when I'm thinking about guns, you know, one of the first things I thought in hearing the cases and cases over guns in schools and what's been happening and the lack of police response and all this kind of stuff. I came home and told Brown, I was just like, I want a concealed weapons license. I want to carry a gun. 
You know, I want to be able to go into a school and know if there is a, and a problem that I can have control, that I can take care of business if I had to, you know, and protect the kids around me. And it's just this anger. It's just this like fear and anger response to enough is enough. Enough is enough. And I'm done. Like, why do I have to keep participating in this? Why? I mean, am I a bad parent for getting my kids to go to school where they could possibly get shot? I mean, a a legit conversation that Joey and I had the other day was we were driving in the car. He was getting new shoes and tennis shoes. And, uh, and it was a big process because, you know, we wanted to get him the right shoes because he's a runner and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so we were driving in the car and I was just like, man, I'm really glad you have those shoes. Like I, I'm just, it's going to really make a difference. I know. And he was just like, yeah, so that I can run out of a school in case we get shot at. And it was a joke. Like he was joking. And I looked at him. He's like, I know dark. Right. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like that actually crossed your mind. I mean, that's the stuff that is, that's the stuff our kids are processing. That is what we as adults are processing. And so I come home, tell my husband, not from that experience, but just from being at school and being like, I want to have control. I want to be able to carry a gun and do what needs to be done, you know? And yes, that means shoot to kill. Okay. Brian's like, I mean, the truth is I'm really accident. I can be accident prone. And the truth of the matter is me carrying a gun is probably a not so good idea. But I didn't want to say that right off the bat. I wanted to be listened to and validated for the fact that I'm sitting in a school where I could get shot. Like it just it just is beyond me. You know, it's just beyond me. And, you know, and being an adult, it's like, when do you sit back and let things happen to you? Or when do you take control? I mean, these are the things that kids don't think about, right? So then you add on the spiritual component and then it gets a little hairy, but I'm telling you by the end of this episode, I'm going to, I'm hoping that you feel some sense of freedom. And let me tell you, it comes down to something very, very simple, which it always does, but I'm not going to say it right now because I'm going to walk through this because I need to get it off my chest, right? And hopefully by me talking, you're getting some things going in your mind or maybe some things that you can relate to or that you want to get off your chest. So the abortion stuff, okay, I can't even, where do I start? You know, if you've listened to me through this podcast, I hope you really don't know where I stand politically because I don't care to share. And the truth is, is I don't really know. So this isn't a political podcast for you. So that's good. But I will say that when people are talking about women's rights and that this is this is one step towards backwards, I think we've been freaking backwards for a long ass time, long ass time. And I mean, if we want to talk about the power that a woman has, dude, we've been lost for a long, long time. The only way that I have made like sense to myself is learning myself my gifts, my calling, and my purpose in this life. And let me tell you, it doesn't really match into what the world tells a woman should be or what a woman feels like she should be. So you get this mix of feminism and you get this mix of not, and it's just 
I feel a different kind of power in myself and it doesn't match what the law is saying um, on so many different levels and it's not just in an abortion. Um, so, I mean, what I, my point is, is that the rights of women have been flawed for a freaking long time and this is just another layer to that. And if, even if this was a, a different direction, it would still be flawed. That's the thing. So that is something I've been kind of thinking about. But that's a topic that I've struggled with personally for a really long time. Um, and different roles in which women put themselves in a marriage, in a house, in a job. I mean, the list goes on. And, you know, and I feel also for men, too, because I think a lot of men want to hold up women and they don't know how to do it. And, and that's a struggle, too. What is a man? What is I mean, there's just a lot to unpack with that. But these are just the kind of thoughts that I've been I've been having and trying to work with. And where is it leading? I think what you know, I think with the whole um, well, what I was going to say was is. Another thought that I had about shootings and guns and stuff like that was um, at 4th of July. I don't know if you heard. I'm sure you did about <clears throat> the news where uh, people got shot at a parade. And not. It I mean, I don't know if it was on the news a lot or whatever. I don't really watch the news. But um, it was just like the day of 4th of July. And I'm thinking, oh, our family's going to go to a 4th of July night. And we're going to go see a lot of fireworks. And I'm thinking to myself should I, should we go? Like that's, that's, that is a concern. You know, this is what we're living with is like, am I putting my family in danger by going to a fireworks show? And my resolve was, well, it's going to be dark. And so probably nothing's going to happen. And the, and the parade then, which the people got shot at, the person was above in a two story, whatever building or whatever building, I don't know and shot down. So that probably won't happen to us. And I'm just thinking, how does these thoughts even come into my head? You know, I mean, this is the stuff I think about, right? So what does that mean? You know, and, and, and in working with a one word that kind of came to me when I was, when I'm working through all these thoughts and scenarios that have happened and tragedy really. Um, and I'm not even talking about cancer. I'm not even talking about the mom who has to live without her husband or the or the kid who just died, who's, I mean, I, oh my God. It's like, what do you do with yourself, right? Um, you know, the lens changes in your in your vision and you're having to live a different life because tragic has, tragedy has struck. And so what do you do? What's your coping? And, and if I'm preaching or whatever, talking about hope, that is, we need to revisit that and what that actually means because... In these situations and in the thoughts that we're having and the situ and the things that we're having to deal with, hope doesn't look so good, does it? Uh, it doesn't look very um, tangible, for one thing. So it it's really had me look at what does it really mean to have hope and what does that mean for us living now? And maybe I have mentioned this in different episodes, in different ways, but I want to revisit it in the light of the events that have taken place and the words that have come to mind and the questions that I have asked to God, to, to my higher power in 
how we're living and what we're living with and all of those kind of things. And one word that kind of came to my mind a lot through processing stuff is yield. And the word yield doesn't mean you necessarily stop and let things happen. It's just you kind of look at what's going on and figuring out when you go. When do you take action? You know, it's not a reactionary um, anger response, you know, like yielding and, you know, when we look at driving, it's like looking at the cars go by and deciding when you should go, right? So I felt like it's not living in this life and living with what we're having to deal with doesn't mean that you should just let all these things happen and sit back because you have no control and that whatever you do doesn't make a difference. I don't think that that is necessarily what that means. I think yield is just choosing when you are going to take action, picking and choosing your battles. What is right for you? And what are your gifts and talents? Where is it that you can play a role? Because the truth is, is if we took on everything that we're seeing, um, you know, with, with rights and racism and abortion and guns and, and death and cancer and all these things. I mean, we could literally kill ourselves trying to so-called save the world. Right. And we don't want to be passive people where we just live in oblivion. You know, do I have to live like this stuff doesn't exist? Oh, it does exist. You know, I might not be living for the times now. That's a whole different thing, but I'll get that to that in a second. But I don't want to blow over what's happening right in front of my eyes and not to mention raising children in it as well. What are we going to tell them? What is the what is the role model, so to speak, of what we're what 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 and who we are? I mean, they're the they're the legacy. Right. And so. I don't know. It's just been a lot to think about and to process and um and I'm not saying it's over with to be honest I don't even really feel good at this moment just thinking about it but I do want to get to the word hope and what does it mean okay hope is an action it's not how you feel how do we have hope what is your hope does having faith bring the hope where does the hope come from someone who lives with hope doesn't have to lean on the ways of this world okay let's unpack that for a second I'm going to talk about a time when I had truly lost all hope and actually almost lost my faith. And I guess this is kind of a testimony. Um, When I was, I've told you guys a million times, when um, we moved from Portland to Redmond um, back in 2011, there had been a lot of things that had happened and not just tragedy, but things personally that I didn't understand. And since I was a little kid, I mean, I had faith in God. I mean, faith in God is what got me through a lot of shit, to be honest. And even though people thought I was crazy or they didn't understand, um, they, you know, I got a lot of heat for the decisions that I've made in my past and they've all pretty much paid off and God held on to the promises in which he's made. But I am human. And although I had 
do and still have faith and all those kind of things. There was a time where I was just like, I was just about done. Um, I didn't know it wasn't about not believing in God. It was like, what is the point? You know, um, what is the point? And I didn't really know at that time. And long story short, we meet, we go to, we, you know, we end up moving into Portland and, um, getting the kids in school. And I meet this girl who is still very much like a sister to me. And I don't want to go into their whole story or anything like that completely, but I will tell you my part in it and how it changed my life. So what happened was, is we become friends and she had moved at the same time as I did only from a different place. And our kids instantly became friends, best friends actually. And, um, we became very close as families and spent a lot of time together. And it was about a year, year and a half or so where we were basically trying to cope with the fact that we were living in a place where we didn't really want to live, but also leaning on each other for friendship and support and all of those kind of things. She knew I was a Christian. I didn't really talk a ton about it, but you know, she was fascinated by the fact that I was a Christian, but I was different than a lot of the Christians she had met in the sense that I was pretty, I don't know, open, I guess you could say, or I had different relaxed beliefs and, and such. And just kind of, she just didn't really encounter someone of my kind of, I don't know, ways, I guess. And I hadn't encountered her either because in a lot of ways, she was probably more of a Christian, if you want to put a word to it, than I was. I mean, the way she lived, the way she was, the way all these things. And so we were both kind of a phenomenon to each other. And I would always say, golly, you're like a Christian that you're like a Christian that always was. And, you know, and like we would laugh because it was like, you're more of a Christian than you think you are. And we would, you know, and she was like, and you're a Christian and you do this. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, it was funny. It was like, we were kind of, I don't know, discovering a new part of ourselves and someone else. But anyway, um, Tobin comes along at this time and, um, let's see here. How do I put this tragedy struck, so to speak. And it was a very strong pitfall and my friend's marriage and, uh, a lot, a lot happened and it was, uh, I don't know uh, how to say it, but it was, it was just something had happened. It, something came out and it was going to change the course of their marriage for sure. And my friend didn't know what to do. I mean, she basically fell apart and, you know, I was there and helping her through it and all that kind of stuff. But there was this one pivotal moment for me personally where she was at my house and her husband, who was also a friend of mine as well, like because we were family friends, um, he was going through a real tough spot and she asked me if I would go talk to him. And, you know, we were close, him and I, you know, in some ways. I mean, um, but as far as talking about my faith, that wasn't really something that – I mean, he knew I was a Christian, but I don't think he, I kind of felt like that wasn't something he was very interested in. Like, why would she ask me to go talk to him about that? But she was damn near determined. She was like, I want you to go talk to him about 
God. And I was like, okay. And then me personally, I was like, had I was my faith was holding on by a thread basically at that point. And, and, and so anyway, so I, I did, I went and I talked to him and it was a really good conversation. And it was just like, I mean, I don't even just, I can't even describe what the conversation was like. It was a long time ago, but, but I will tell you this. Um, I guess there was something I said in the conversation that struck him, which I don't really remember saying until he reminded me of what I said. But, but that night after talking, he had an encounter with Jesus and his life was different from that point on. And he hasn't turned back since. And it's the course in which their family took. And he had said he had an encounter with Jesus and he talked about, um, what I had said to him, he asked Jesus if it was true. And Jesus said, yes. And if you're listening to this right now, you're like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. Um, and it changed my life forever because a lot of the stuff that he had asked Jesus was a lot of the questions that I had too. And they were answered and I haven't looked back since. And so, I mean, the truth is humans in our existence, we complicate things a lot of the time and we complicate things because we're trying to, we're trying to survive in a world that is unsurvivable in a lot of ways. And so we get, we get stuck in these patterns. We get stuck in survival. We get stuck into, uh, what the world says. It gets stuck into what our past is or the shame or the guilt or, uh, we get an addiction. I mean, we're just trying to get through this and the answers are there. We just have to take a step back and look. And so if I'm tying this with a big red bow on it, um, what ended up happening was, is he turned back his, he, he turned his life around and went a direction and hasn't turned back since. And I turned my life around and haven't looked back since either. And, and, and my friend also turned back her life and hasn't looked back either. I mean, it was kind of one of those life experiences where we will always be so tied to each other because of that. I mean, it was a pivotal moment in all of our lives. But it was beautiful. It's beautiful. It was a beautiful and it is a beautiful experience that that happened. And it's such a gift, you know, and I can't deny it. It happened. And, you know, it's not something he goes around and shares a lot. It's not something that I go around and share a lot. But I felt like talking about it today because because in the world in which it is so complicated and so hard and so confusing at times that we want to, that I that it really does come down to a simplicity in which I want to unpack. And so if we tie into the simplicity that I want to talk about and in hope as well, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. See my notes here. There's such a skedaddle. So we're talking about hope and we are moving on to the simplicity in which I want to talk about. So in my phone here, I'm going to look at something I screenshotted and I thought it was so powerful because I could list off a bunch of biblical verses in hope. And I think you should do that if you're, you know, if you want to do that, 
<clears throat> to help you. But this is the one thing that I read and was just like, yes, this is exactly what I think is amazing. So what is biblical hope? Biblical hope is forward looking faith. It is a confident belief based not on things experienced, but on the word of God that the future he says will happen. Hope is a future certainty that gives you joy, peace, and patience in the present. And that, my friends, is where it's at. So where where is the hope? What is the hope? And where does the hope come from? And all I can say is, is that each and every one of us has to stop looking around us and what's in front of us, but look up. We have to look up. And that's all it is. What does that mean for you? Okay, so for me, looking up means taking the time to acknowledge what is going around me and, and to ask for help and sorting it out and to focus on what is our true identity, what is it that we're living for. And to be honest, it has absolutely nothing to do with this earth. My hope isn't in this earth. And so what is that? Why is that good news? Well, it's good news because I don't have to take on the fear of this world. I don't have to take on the pain. I don't have to take on all of that stuff. Okay. It doesn't mean that I don't feel those things. It's that it's not my responsibility. That responsibility was given to Jesus and Jesus did it and he took it on and it's crazy that he did. And we don't all really totally understand why it went down like that, but it was taken. Why is this world a shithole? I don't know. Why? <laughs> you know, I don't know. There's a lot of good. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying the beautiful moments aren't there and, you know, peace and all that. I'm not saying that those aren't there. But the world, you know, that we're living on Earth right now is not going in a very positive direction. I don't know if you've noticed this lately, but it just seems to get, get getting worse. And so what is our, you know, I'm looking at, okay, have hope that things get better. Well, that's not cutting it. Okay. Hope isn't necessarily a feeling. It's freaking work. It's work knowing that hope is having faith, knowing that what we're experiencing right now is not what it's going to be in the end. Okay. We need to look up because we got to look at what, what is beyond what we're looking at right now. And that is what's going to get us through. What is it that gets through, gets a parent through losing a child? I can't answer that question completely because I've never lost a child, but people do get through it. And usually it's through, it's through God. It's through faith. It's, it's through hope, knowing that they're going to see that person again one day. You know, I don't know how people come to the resolve of not believing that there's life after death because, because I'm not living for this earth. And that is what is my hope. That, that whatever I'm doing now is going to have a, is a payoff in the future. And there's lots of promises that God gets us through in, in, in getting through what we are going through now. There are lots of promises and he is, he has, there's not one promise that he hasn't told me that he hasn't given me, you know, that, I mean, I've got to this point 
with his promises and I don't plan on going without them. But, but hope is definitely not a good, always a good feeling, you know? And I feel like that's kind of the resolve through all of this, through the past couple months and even just coming to the point in this podcast where, man, I mean, it's been rough, you know, and I'm not even talking about things personally that much. I'm just talking about what the world, what we're seeing around in the world and what we might be seeing together, but I'm not even talking about things personal. Um, there are those things too. I mean, so I guess that's the question. I mean, we all are wondering what is it that our hope is in and what does it mean to look up? Um, I don't know what growing up, I listened to Kid Craddock. I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with Kid Craddock, but I'm pretty sure he's all over the U S or he was, he's not alive anymore, but he would always say like, um, I loved their show Kid Craddock in the morning. And he would always say at the very end of their show, they'd say, keep looking up because that's where it all is. And I loved that because it just was a simple way of, of saying, I, I don't know. It was just a simple way of summing up what this life is about and, and where it's headed. And the truth is, is, you know, we're going to die. We're going to go to heaven if we believe that. But what is it about right now that can lead us to that moment and what that means, you know? someone who lives with hope is someone who doesn't have to lean on the ways of this, of the way the world is. That doesn't even include the pain you might feel or the things you would have to endure. I mean, you know what I think? I think we need to be talking to old people more, you know, we need to be talking to old people because let me tell you, they live a long ass time and they've seen a lot. Are we asking them what life is about enough what are they saying right now about what's going on in the world right now? Because my God, we should be talking to old people. That's what I think. We should be talking to old people. In fact, I went and I um, was picking up some plants from someone who was, who was older and I miss old people in my life because my grandparents are no longer with us and my parents are young enough to where they're not super old yet, you know? So it's like, where are the old people in my life? There are no old people in my life. I need, I need my grandparents, you know, I miss, I miss my grandparents. I miss them so much. And I have really missed them in this season because, because they just, they brought a lot of, honestly, they brought a lot of hope. They brought a lot of like, like if my grandparents, you could say all this shit that was happening and they'd be like, well, yeah, that's, that's life. You know, it'll, it'll change. It'll come around, you know, you'll get through it. I mean, I just miss that, you know, don't you miss your grandparents. If you're my age, you probably, you might not have your grandparents anymore and it's sad. So anyway, I was picking up some plants and I was talking to this guy and God, I just love talking to him. He was like, I don't know, in late seventies, maybe 80 and, um, you know, talking about the war and all this stuff. And I just love listening to that perspective, you know, because they're not talking about what's going on right now, you know. Anyway, um, this is kind of a weird end to season three. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know if I'm even going to re-listen to this because it probably sounds very spotted. 
at the end of the day, it's us looking up and figuring out how we're going to get through it and knowing that we don't have to rely on ourselves to figure out where we stand up and where we sit down. We can fight without fighting. We don't have to have fear. You know, this stuff is going to happen. One thing you can totally predict is change. Things are not going to be in our control. Having hope is not losing faith. Knowing that the promises are there and it's going to happen, but it's not going to look the way we think. You know, following God, it really doesn't make sense a lot of the time. You know, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably God. That's what my brother always says. And it's so true. But there's also so much good, too, because when you're not living in the crap of the world, God's view, living in God's peace and living in God's um, and in, in his and what his promises are and what he has for you. It's not it's not of this world. You can actually be living in this world, but not be of this world. It's possible. It's hard at times, you know, but it is possible. You know, I mean, I almost just freaking gave it all up. And I'm confident that if I had, that he'd be chasing me down. And I feel like he did. You know, I mean, I was there. I was just like, screw this. Screw this. You know, and he came for me. He totally did. And, and you know, and the price has been paid. I think we all need to look at that. Um, because I don't know how we can continue to live in the tragedy after tragedy and the tragedy that is that happens and be okay with that without knowing what is what is in store for us. Where is the hope coming from? What is your hope? You know, what resolve have you come to yourself and knowing that this world is what it is? As I'm talking, you know, I'm going to totally have to unpack all of what I just said for myself. And I am going to continue to do that uh, through taking this time in end of season three and the time from season three in which we enter season four to think about all that I have just said and continue to unpack all that I have just said. But I want you to know and I always want you to know that you are loved. That you can always reach out. That if it's hard, it's okay. That it's that we're all just trying to get through it, you know. And that's what this is all about. This podcast is about bringing hope through hard times and hearing stories about people's going through hard times and coming out of it. It's possible, you know. But if you're having a hard time right now and you're holding on to hope, you're not alone. I'm holding on to hope, but it ain't easy, and and it doesn't feel good. You know, but there's a greater prize to be won. It is true. It is true. So anyway, I will see you at season four. I hope you're doing well and please feel free to reach out and I will talk to you when I talk to you. Take care.